Pretty cool video, huh? Man, uh, the part about the wedding part with the daughter, I'm like, oh gosh. I was like, I don't know if I can handle this. God, you're going to work on me. Um, but uh, I just want to tell you all this morning that it's a special um, opportunity. It's always special to be up here and to be entrusted um, to share God's word with you. But today is super special. Um, not only that is it raining and refreshing, uh, but the fact that it's so cool is, is this. For the last five years, um, I have dreaded Father's Day. Uh, one of the hardest things is like when people do a Father's Day sermon and you hear like, call your dad and tell him thank you. And for the last five years, I haven't had my dad. And so it's been tough. And today is my first Father's Day and God has completely redeemed it for me in my life because I got this precious little girl. And if you can show the pictures of her, I got to show her off. Okay, you see right here, this is her smiling. <laughs> there you go. And then next one, I think there should be, I love the rolls. That's one of my favorite. And then the next one. And anyways, that's my little Sadie. And uh, there's a lot of nights that are kind of tiring. Uh, but the thing that's so special is this, is that uh, this morning I saw her and I said, hey, I love you, baby girl. And I gave her a kiss and she just starts smiling, and I'm like, man, it's all worth it. It's like, it is all worth it. And so today is Father's Day, and I just want to start off by saying, happy Father's Day. Uh, I am so thankful for the fathers that we have today. Uh, one thing that has been really kind of, I've had a passion about is, is that I think that we have um, lost that respect, that admiration, that regard for fatherhood. Um, Honestly, if you watch any TV show, the dad is a joke. He's an idiot. All he does is screw stuff up, mess stuff up. And I wish that we would have, honestly, a lot more of Charles Ingalls than we do Homer Simpson. Because that, um, to me, is it's a disgrace to what God designed fatherhood to be. And so I think it's important for us to remember, like, what does it mean to be a godly dad, to be a good dad? I will tell you that after having this little girl, the weight on my heart has been huge because I'm like, God, I don't want to screw this up. Like I, 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 to her walk with you, I have a huge part in that. Her, the example that she has in her life is a lot is on me. And I started thinking like, man, Lord, it's such a heavy burden. And if you do not feel that burden of fatherhood even today, then there's something wrong because it's a great burden to have. The other thing is I wanted to, to tell you is, is that today you may be having a hard time with Father's Day because maybe you didn't have a good example as a father in your life. Maybe that it wasn't a good example for you. But here's the cool thing. God gives us tomorrow that we can be the game changer and change that. No matter if you had a good example or not, God still gives us tomorrow that where we can be that good example. And his word tells us how to do it. So what does it look like to be a good dad? I started thinking about this because it's been heavy on my heart. Um, got a little three-week-old little girl. Well, we'll be tomorrow. But uh, in order to be a good dad, I must be a godly husband. That's the first thing. That's, um, and if you want to be a good dad, you have to be a godly husband. In order to be a godly husband, you must be a godly man. And so this morning, I want to challenge you that um, 
one of the best ways that you can love your children is by loving your wife. That is one of the best things that you can do. But there are seven things that specifically I want to hit on today that um, don't freak out when I say seven. Um, we won't be here all day. But there are seven things I want to hit on that I think are very important. And I encourage you to write them down, not because I'm saying them, but because God's word says them. Amen? The first one is, is that we are called to love our wives. Guys, that is a commandment. It's like calling. We are called to love our wives. It starts with being a good dad as being a loving husband. Ephesians 5.28 says this, In the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. One of the biggest things that when you love your wife, you bring security and stability to your home. That your kids, they... They're, they're not concerned about finances or all these other um, materialistic things, really. Their concern is that the mom and dad love each other. And so I want you to know that um, the first thing that we need to make sure is that we're loving our wives. Number two is this. Set and uphold the standard of God, God's word in your home. Be the spiritual leader. I want to say it one more time. Be the spiritual leader. <laughs> Because I'm telling you, a lot of the things that we're seeing today, the problems that we're seeing is because, number one, the dad is not being the spiritual leader of the home. You are the spiritual leader. You set the tone in your home. You set the, you set the standard. And here's the thing is, is that what's breaking my heart is, is that since we have kind of not done that and kind of pushed that aside, society has told us what that looks like. There are some conversations I'm not looking forward to having with my little girl. One of them is, is that homosexuality is wrong. It's a sin. And we, we even have cartoons now. Arthur on PBS, which used to be safe, had a gay marriage on it. A cartoon. It's indoctrinating. It's brainwashing. And you have to tell them as a spiritual leader, this is wrong. This is not the way that God designed it. That is on you as a spiritual leader. 1 Corinthians 11.3 says, But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, the head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. God made it that way. Not to be a dictator, but to be a loving, protective father. To be the leader God, the best way you can lead is by example. Is that not a burden when you're thinking your kids are looking to you as an example? There's some days I'm like, man, if I could have one of those pins like off men in black, just to erase, you know, that's gone. That would be awesome. Those moments where we know that we kind of drop the ball. The thing that when you set the standard in God's, or sets the standard of God, his word in your home, there's also a following of that. And it's like, how do I do that? And it's honestly, it's by instructing and teaching and training. Father, fatherhood is hard work. It's hard work. It's not easy. Um, and the thing that really hits me is, is that there's this quote I want to share with you. It's by C.S. Lewis from the Screwtape Letters. It's funny how mortals always picture us as putting things into their minds. In reality, our best work is done by keeping things out. Keeping things out. Our best work is by the father not training and instructing his children. 
because that just opens the door for everything else. If you don't teach them, the world will. I promise you. The answers, that, the, the questions that your kids have, I would much rather it be coming from, the answers be coming from their dad than from Google, than from society or the Kardashians. But that is the world that we live in. Satan is the father of lies and there's nothing more than he wants to do that keep the truth and God out of the picture. It's seen today is that we've taken prayer out of school. We have, we have justified abortion. Here's what breaks my heart is that my little baby girl was born two days before her due date and in places in the United States, she could have been aborted. It is murder. And to not teach that to our children is a sham. And you can say, well, you know, Justin, we also need to teach them that lying and these things and not to lie and not to do those things. I agree, but the society is not saying, be a liar today. Be a liar today. Lying is okay. They're not saying that. But they are, they are saying that with homosexual. They are saying that with abortion. And so you, it's your, on your shoulders that you need to teach your kids, hey, this is wrong. You need to tell them that, hey, just because the world says it's okay to have sex before you're married, it's not okay. It's sin. It doesn't matter your financial situation. It doesn't matter that, oh, we're going to get married. It's sin. And you can't justify sin, no matter what it is. It says in Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. How do I train them? Well, good, there's another verse for that. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your might. And these words I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as um, frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So how do I teach? By loving God, being a godly man. That's the first thing. How many of you have ever had a teacher that, or a coach, especially a PE teacher, who's teaching you physical fitness and is about 300 pounds overweight? It's like, man, I don't know about this. Like, you keep telling us all these things, but I'm not really seeing it. That's why that, we do the same thing to our children if we say, you know, do as I say, not as I do. That is one of the most ungodly things that you can say because that completely does not go with Scripture. The other thing is, is a teaching his word diligently. This is not a checklist of like, oh, devotion with my baby, check. You know, oh, purity ring, check. It's a lifestyle. It's a daily, hourly, minute by minute decision is that when Christ needs to be so much in your home that it's one of the first things that your child even knows about. How, how, how often is Christ even mentioned? How often do we talk about that, hey, Sadie, I want you to know that you would not be here today if it wasn't for, because of a miracle from God. You are a gift from God. Do we say those things? Huh. 
Teach them how to pray. Did you know that Jesus did not teach his disciples how to preach? He didn't teach them how to do all these other things. The thing that he did teach them was how to pray. There needs to be prayer in your home. And I'm not talking about just blessing the food. Praying over each other, starting your day in prayer, continuing in prayer. While you're at work, taking a pause and saying, God, just be with my wife and my little girl today. Protect them. Let them have a good day. But God, most importantly, and this has been our prayer for that little girl, little Miss Sadie has been, Lord, I pray that number one is that from a young age, she has such a huge desire for you. That two, that she comes to know you and has a relationship with you. And that three is that she brings joy to wherever she goes. I could care less if she's an all-star basketball player, if she's a straight-A student. None of that matters. Because if she's all of that, like Shane talked about in his series, if she's all of that, but she does not know the Lord, it's all for nothing. And I want you to say that if you amen, if you amen that, then make sure you're doing it. That means that you make that the most important thing. Number four is discipline our kids. Oh, let's not talk about that. We don't do that today. That's obvious, though, we don't. Proverbs 13, 24 says, those who spare the rod, and the Hebrew word for rod means branch, those who spare the branch, the paddle, whatever you want to call it, of discipline, hate their children. Hate them. So if you think, well, you know, I just, I don't want to hurt them. And, you know, man, I just can't do this. And the thing is, is that you think you're being loving, but you're hating them. And I'm not saying it because like, oh, well, I'm not saying what Justin thinks. I'm saying what God's word clearly says. <laughs> and to back it up, there's another verse in Proverbs 29, 17. Discipline your children and they will give you peace of mind and will make your heart glad. Do you want to have peace today as a parent, as a dad? Do you want to be, have your heart to be glad? Then discipline your children. I told Jess, I said, that sweet little baby girl, I, like, I don't know if I can spank her. I was like, I don't know if I can do it. And Jess is like, yes, you can. And um, <laughs> we'll see. But uh, I do know it's, it's something that God commands me to do. Ephesians 6, 4, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. This is God's word saying, and if this to, to me is like, I don't care what society says or that they say, you know, let's get rid of corporal punishment. Let's get rid of this. Let's get rid of that. I, I will tell you firsthand, I probably got more swats than about anybody. I mean, I, I was the kid that said pain is temporary, pride is forever. And uh, I, I, that was my, the way I was. And I pushed things. Um, and I want y'all to know that every person that disciplined me, I can tell you that I knew they loved me. And here's a little story I want to share why that is true. I have a friend named Landon Hall. He was from Sublette, Kansas. Went to a private school with me. And he was, his family owned half the county in farming, if not more. Um, they had their own residence hall at KU. I mean, just more money than you even know what to do with. Even to the point where he said, watch this. I get anything I want. He asked his parents for a golden urinal. Guess what? He got a golden urinal in his bathroom. That's how he lived. He would drive when he was 12, drive his truck 
12, 13 years old, drive around town. Police wouldn't do, do anything because they pretty much own the police. I said, man, you have got the life. You have got every gaming system. You do whatever you want to do. You go to the mall and you get whatever you want. Man, you are hooked up. And he said, I wish that my parents would ground me like they ground you. And I'm like, what? I was like, dude, you are sick. There's something not right with you. He said, because I know that at least your parents care enough to discipline you, to punish you. They don't care what I do. Love is discipline. Do not provoke, but encourage. Just like in that last verse, it said, do not provoke. Colossians 3.21, fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Can we agree that the, looking at this, we can also not really twist scripture and say, he's also telling us to encourage our children? Because if he doesn't want them to be discouraged, I think that God would probably wants them to be encouraged. Can we agree on that? Okay, so if we can't, then I'll just throw that out. There is a difference between doing something that is right for them, yet does not meet with their approval, such as disciplining them or setting boundaries for their own good. And there is a difference between that and this, and doing something that angers them for no good reason. Meaningless rules because you are in charge. Disciplining your children in anger. That is provoking them. I will tell you that today... I think kids are starved for encouragement. One of the things as a youth pastor, what's kind of my motto is I'd hug them and I'd tell them, I'd say, you are awesome. You're awesome. Why? And they just light up because I know that they're not getting that. The world sure is not going to be encouraging to them unless they're doing worldly things. Encourage your children. Not just in sports, not just in athletics. Man, you played a great game. But here's the thing. Encourage them when you see them being Christ to someone else. It's like, man, that was a total Jesus thing. Encourage them. Number six, protect them. Best feeling I, have, I think almost I've ever had was when Sadie's crying um, and she's fussy that I'm in the bed, I've got my shirt off, chilling, and I lay her head on my bare chest, and she just lays on my chest. She snuggles up to me and stops crying. Coolest feeling ever. Those nights when you're like exhausted, it's like, man, this is totally worth it. But I can tell that when she does that, she's just, she's relaxing, she's, she's sleeping, she feels safe. There is no better thing in the world than to know that as a dad that you're protecting your little boy or your little girl. My dad protected me a lot through my whole life. It's one thing that we're called to do is to protect our children, protect our family. That means that if you're at a restaurant and someone's got a foul mouth and they're talking, cussing and talking all these things in front of you and your kids that you walk over there and say, sir, uh, if you would, there's my wife and my kids are present. If you could, could you just please don't do that anymore. Be the man. Be the man. <laughs> We've gotten so far from, I feel like, what being a godly man looks like. But here's the most important one, number seven. 
love them. Here's the test. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. You hear it all the time. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Okay. If we can just start with the first one, love is patient, we'll be doing good. If you want to test your patience, have a kid. And, you, and you're saying, you have no idea. And I, I probably don't, but I got a little bit of one. But can I ask you, if we're going to start with first that we're supposed to love our wives, remember we talked about that, that was one of the things we're supposed to do. Are you patient and kind with your wife? Or are you arrogant and rude? Do you boast and tell her you don't need her? Do you demean her? Is it your way or the highway? Do you get irritated easily? Or have you become resentful of your wife? Do you focus on the did me wrongs instead of the did me rights? Do you look for the best or for the worst in your wife? Do you hang in there even when it gets tough? <laughs> Do you? Because I'm looking at this, I'm like, man, God, I, this is hard to preach on when I was just irritated last night. When y'all ever had a situation with you and your wife or your spouse and it's like the communication's way off and by default, you start looking for the worst in each other and say, oh, I thought you were mad at me. I'm not mad. I thought you were upset. You ever done that? I do it all the time and maybe it's just me and maybe that's something I need to grow in. But when you're having a bad day, you filter things differently than you filter them. And in closing, do you love your children? Are you patient with them? Or do you just get easily irritated? Will someone take my kids? I can't stand them. Will someone take them? Anybody want them? I've, I've heard it. I've heard it a lot in my life. But in all seriousness, can we think of how damaging that is to a kid? I'm not even wanted. Do you, with your children, are you arrogant and rude with them? Come on now, Sadie, you don't know how to do that. I've showed you five times. Do I got to do everything for you? Are you arrogant? Are you rude? Are you prideful? Are you kind? Are you patient? All of this requires T-I-M-E time. Can we agree on that? What do we have the, the least amount of today that we need the most is time. So if you are going to be the best with the little bit of time that you've been given on this earth, I encourage you to be a godly husband. Be a godly man. Be a godly father. Are you making the time to fulfill your God-given duties in your home? Are you being the man in your home? What do you spend your time doing? Are you on your Facebook all the time? Are you on your phone all the time? Do, does your kids know that, well, one thing I can tell you about my dad is, he is great at communicating because that's all he does on his cell phone all day long. 
I have seen choir concerts, football games, where the dad is sitting there talking on his phone. And I'm like, dude, hang it up and focus on your kids. It ain't worth it. Graduation, you see parents on their phones, Facebooking. Wake up. Be the man. The older you get, the faster it goes. And I will tell you, it's true. When it hit me, was at 32 years old. And I said, man, I could have got my driver's license twice. Holy cow. What would your wife and kids say or feel about you if you passed away today? What legacy would you be leaving behind? My dad was a good worker. He made a lot of money. Or my dad loved me. He held me. He talked to me. He cared about me. He supported me. He was there for me. What example will you be leaving them? Reality check. What are you on this earth for? Not to make tons of money, not to be successful at this, not to be this, not to be that. I will tell you that I'm not even on this earth to be a pastor. I am first on this earth to be a godly man, a godly husband, and a godly father. That's what we're here for. We are here to be a godly man by loving God and loving others. We are here to be godly husbands by loving our wives. Ephesians 5.25 says, For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. That means that you sacrifice whatever it is for her. I hear a couple saying, well, I don't really need my spouse. You're contradicting what God says when you say that. Because he made us to be helpmates. We must do all these things daily to be the man God made you to be. Be the game changer. Be the leader of your family. Because they desperately need you. And be the man. And here's the thing is that maybe you do not have kids this morning. Maybe you don't. Someone needs a father. Someone needs a father. Well, my kids are all grown. I don't care. There are teenagers. I've done youth ministry for 10 years almost. There are kids that need a godly father in their lives. I am so thankful for the last five years I have had godly men in this church and in my family be that God for me. I mean, excuse me, be that man for me. Be that father for me. I'm thankful for that I have God that has been that father for me. But I'm telling you that it's something special about having that man there for you. I had a friend, his name was Sam Decker. He played basketball with me and his parents were too busy working to go to senior night for basketball. You walk your seniors on the court with your parents, he had nobody. My dad said, okay, this is what we're gonna do. Sam, you're gonna walk with me. Justin, you're gonna walk with your mom. And he said, are you okay with me being your dad tonight? There were just tears running down his face. Just because you feel like, well, we weren't able to have children. We weren't, didn't have that. You can still be a godly father. You can still be a godly father. The last thing I want to just, little extra note I want to give you is this. Keep your promises. You can provoke your kids by not keeping your promises. You can anger them. You can cause resentment by saying, oh yes, we will do this and you never do it. Keep your promises. And I want you to know today 
can we all agree how much different would this world look like if, if men, we rised up. We, we, we be who God called us to be. We do what God called us to do in our home. How much different would it look like? It's hard. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do, but it's the most rewarding thing. Thank you guys for uh, being here this morning. I appreciate you. Fathers, on your way out, we're gonna give you a Kit Kat. Here's a reason. Take a break. <laughs> Take a break. We're gonna be giving you a Kit Kat on your way out. We'll be handing those out. Thank you all for being here. And please, if you hear anything, be a godly man, be a godly husband, and in turn, you will be a godly father. Will you go with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, I come to you and I thank you, Lord, for um, today. God, I thank you for my dad. Lord, he wasn't perfect. But I admire the fact that he made God the number one thing in our home. I thank you for the standard that he set in my life. And I thank you for the, the love that he gave me. Lord, I'm thankful for the times that we got to sit on the swing and just talk. I'm thankful for his loving embrace. God, I just ask that today, Lord, God, I will try to follow in those footsteps and be a godly father. Lord, it's such an honor. But Lord, it's also a burden that we should not take lightly. Help me to uh, be a godly man, to set my heart and things on you, to be obedient to love my wife, and Lord, to love my kids. God, thank you for my wife and the sacrifice, Lord, um, that she has made so that I can be a dad today. And thank you for my sweet, precious little girl. Lord, I just pray that um, she grows up with a, just an overwhelming love for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.